This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 356 with Susan Hyatt. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 356. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. And now let me introduce you to my friend, my mentor, Susan Hyatt. Susan Hyatt's been on the show before. And when she was last on the show, I said, hey, when you write that book, you got to come back. So she did what Susan Hyatt does. She wrote the damn book. Susan Hyatt is a master certified life coach who has helped thousands of women to transform their bodies and their lives. She's the author of Bear, the creator of the Bear Process, the Bear Deck, the Bear Podcast, and an online community called Bear Daily. With her fiery Facebook rants, including Whoop Ass Wednesday, where she reads a fresh batch of hate mail from internet trolls and gives her sassiest response, Susan has gained an international following of women who love her for her honesty, her humor, and her fearlessness. Susan has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Woman's World, Seventeen, and Oh, the Oprah Magazine. And she was a finalist for the Athena Award, honoring her work in the field of women's empowerment. Listen in to hear Susan share how she caught herself in cycles of emotional eating and how she stopped the cycles. This was key in motherhood for her. So I know this is going to be really helpful for you as well. Listen in to hear also how Susan moved from body hate into body love, how and why quitting diet culture will bring you more success and more money the role of patriarchy in inspiring her body love, how to use pleasure power instead of willpower to lose weight, replacement habits for comfort and joy that don't involve emotional eating or drinking, and the importance of radical self-love and compassion and fun, that's in capital letters, fun, F-U-N, in achieving any goal. I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, my mentor, my colleague, Susan Hyatt. Susan Hyatt, welcome back to the Shameless Mom Academy. I believe I said to you, when you write that book, let me know. You have to come back on the show. And here we are. Here we are. Ring-a-ling. I'm back. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited that the book bear is finally here. Yay. Yay. So you have been spreading the word of the book all over. And 
I have seen so many amazing testimonials to how Bear is impacting women's ideas about their body and how they fuel their bodies and how they feel about their bodies. So I just have to give you so much credit for the amazing impact that your book is already having on people. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I have to tell you with each book stop, with each city, I've become more and more energized with the message because particularly young women coming and pulling me aside and saying like, hey, thanks for talking about this because I'm going to stop dieting. Like this one 20 something said, you just saved me 30 years. Like I don't want to oh, end totally. up my mom's age just learning this. And so it has fueled me. You bring up such a great point. Cause I feel like, and I was actually just doing an interview with someone about this recently. And we were talking about in the circles that I have chosen to affiliate myself with, I feel like there's a huge evolution in terms of how we treat our bodies and appreciate them, cellulite and all. And so when I see perspectives outside of that, I'm like, oh, wait, there is still this whole world of like eating disorders and body hating and all that stuff. And so you bring up a great point that I think many women at a certain age come to a more acceptable level of body acceptance and body mm -hmm. love. And to be able to get your message into the hands of really young women that's exactly what it will do. It will save them like decades of unnecessary pain. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I think the thing that is doing it, the part of the message that's really reaching particularly younger women is we need to be focused on wage gap, not thigh gap. Yes. That, you know, if you spend all of your time and your energy weighing yourself, weighing your food, mm -hmm. measuring your points, macros, all that stuff, then what that does is take your capacity away from your real work in the world. And we're never going to have equal pay. We're never going to have a woman in the White House or any of those things unless we're as a collective harnessing all that energy towards things that matter. And young women in particular really light up when they hear that message. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So Marie Forleo has this philosophy, and I don't know if it's uniquely hers, but that two thoughts can't occupy one space. And she was talking about this on an interview while I was running one day. And literally for months when I had been running, I had been thinking like, I hate running. It's just the worst. Ever since I had a baby, running sucks. It's hard. And I heard her say this and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I can't <laughs> think that running is awesome at the same time that I'm hating it with every single exhale. And so this was such a light bulb moment. And I absolutely appreciate what you're saying that if women are focusing their energy on shrinking their bodies and getting smaller, they they cannot at the same time be focusing on taking up more space in the boardroom or in any other capacity. No, absolutely not. Because the primary focus is shrink, yep. don't expand. Right. And so it's like, let's not focus on shrinking our butts and let's focus right. on expanding our lives. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your history with diet culture, how you were sucked in and how you got out. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I started, unfortunately, dieting when I was about 11 years old. And I was one of those kids who was pretty self-confident and didn't really have any prior to that I remember prior to about 11 years old, any real hatred towards my body or thought that my body should be different than it was. And I received a Polaroid camera for my birthday. And my sister, who's six and a half years older than me, we were practicing, you know, having the box fan blow our hair and take pictures of each other. I had a Beyonce fan even back then, Sarah. And, and I'm so not surprised. <laughs> my sister took a picture of me. And as the film was developing, she all of a sudden looked at the photo and went, oh, and I was like, what? And she said, oh, my gosh, your thighs are getting big. And I remember looking down at these little legs and these little lavender shorts and having just waves of shame that somehow I had been walking around with thighs that were too big and I didn't even know it. And of course, when I look back on those photos, I was the twiggiest little kid, but I believed my big sister should know. Right. Right. And so I started the whole compare and despair thing. I started, you know, just eating a banana a day or just crazy stuff. And of course, diet culture was everywhere. Mm. I mean, then I started noticing, oh, my mom is doing Jane Fonda in the living room. Maybe I should do that. And, you know, everybody started talking about, you know, fat free. I mean, remember snack wells? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. So I grew up during that whole fat free Jane Fonda jazzercise, all that kind of stuff. 
And over the years, I would be more focused on it than others, but I was pretty much a yo-yo dieter until I hit my early 30s and started really to unwind a lot of the stuff for myself. And I was a regular at Weight Watchers, counting my points. I even had a little pearl bracelet where I could slide the charm around the bracelet according to how many points I had consumed that day. I was in it, man. So I actually read about that in the book about the bracelet. And I felt a little like I missed out because I have done Weight (laughs) Watchers, I think three times. The first time I did it, I believe I was 11 and went with my mom and I was the only kid in the room. And that will do something to a child yeah, for sure. sure. But I don't think I ever got a bracelet to count points. <laughs> you, you were robbed of I the know. Weight Watchers experience. I know. When I started reading, I'm like, oh yeah, I did Weight Watchers too. And then I was like, wait a minute, a bracelet? I never got a bracelet. <laughs> I know. It was like ridiculous. And I would show that thing off, man. I was like, and I would like hoard my points so that I yes. could go down and get Mexican and Man, it was just in the worst way. And so what broke me free of it, honestly, was having a daughter. And one of the big wake-up calls for me was that, you know, I was a burnout workaholic real estate agent who was bringing my little kids home from school, plopping them at the dining room table with their little worksheets for pre-K and kindergarten. And then I would just head to the kitchen to eat. And I would have a wheel of brie and some wine. And I knew that there was something going on. You know, who eats a whole wheel of brie just for funsies without, you know, there being some emotional eating going on. But I sure thought I was treating myself. And when I really started to look at what was going on, I wanted to find out, like, why do the wheels fall off at 4 p.m. every day? And I hired my own coach And what I started to discover was that I was numbing out boredom and needing adult stimulation and needing lots of things to have entertainment in my life that came from somewhere other than food and alcohol. But the biggest wake up call for me was when my daughter took a picture of me in my swimsuit on a spring break vacation with her dad's camera and showed it to me. Little girl, like so proud. Look, mommy. And I looked at the picture she had taken and immediately wanted to delete it. But I had enough wherewithal to look down at her and go, "Uh uh-oh, right? If I say I look horrible, delete that. She's watching. Right. And so that was one of many moments that is seared into my brain when I was like, you've got to figure this out because you cannot pass this on to her. How did you go from being someone, and I think this is like the common inner battle, where you go from someone who has yo-yo dieted forever to someone Mm -hmm. who's not going to do that anymore and then has, I'm assuming, a sense of panic for like, well, if I'm not going to do this anymore, then am I saying I'm cool with like either staying this weight or gaining 50 pounds? Right. So for me, it was a journey. So I didn't go from a yo-yo dieter to somebody who was body positive in one fell swoop. I went from being a yo-yo dieter to figuring out and getting to the root of a lot of my emotional eating tendencies and losing about 35 pounds. And so the first step was figuring out how to not emotionally overeat. And then I got into more body positive type stuff. So I was still trying to get skinny, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I was at least at that point putting my body first and deciding that I was going to dive into the deeper issues happening instead of just like staying on the surface of deprivation and reducing my calories so that I would lose weight. It was like, no, 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 no. Let me figure out what's really going on with me here. And then from that place, I was able to get more deeper into the journey with myself of, okay, so you're not emotionally eating anymore, but you're still valuing thin over fat or slim over round. And what's that about? And starting to look at where do girls and women even get the idea in the first place that our bodies need to look a certain way? And In college, I was a political science major with a women's studies minor, and I really feel like I've come all the way back around to that, to my roots, because 
Of course, it's a feminist issue. Of course, diet culture is rooted in patriarchy. And once that connection was made in my mind, like, wait a minute. (laughs) This whole system is in an effort to keep women distracted and obedient. Oh, hell no. (laughs) And that like ignited in me a mission to dismantle this within myself, my daughter. And during this time, by the way, so I'm running this life coaching company and I have these two categories, niches that I work within. One is helping women love the skin they're in. One is helping entrepreneurs make money. And I was like, you know, I was at this point in my career where people were giving me the advice that I needed to pick one. And I had the thought, well, maybe I should just focus on my business clients and just like if somebody needs it, okay, I'll work with them on food and body issues, but maybe I'll just drop that. And that very day, my daughter came home from school. She was in the fourth grade, 10 years old. And she said, hey, mom. Every girl at the cafeteria table today made a pact to not eat her lunch. And she said, that's messed up, right? Like, I was the only one who ate my lunch. But they said that we're all going on a diet together. Oh, my gosh. And most of the little girls were nine because my daughter has a September birthday. So she's the oldest of the class. So these are nine and 10-year-old little girls, fourth grade. And it was in that moment, I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I can't walk away from this conversation. I will not leave these little girls starving at the cafeteria table. And I decided to keep both alive. And then that's when Bear really was born. Wow. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. 
So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune in, tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. So let's talk a little bit about when we talk about the mindset around dieting, Mm-hmm. There's when we're not talking about specific protocols, it's basically a mentally grueling game. And mm-hmm. usually that is a lot around willpower. And we think that if we can rely on willpower, then we're strong enough to make this work. And we're strong enough. I mean, gosh, thinking of these little girls at the table and imagining nine and 10 year old girls trying to all skip lunch together and all of them trying to prove that they have the willpower to do it in front of each other. Uh huh. That sounds so torturous. And also <laughs> I went through some of that in high school. I remember going to, I'll put lunch in quotes cause we didn't eat anything, but going to lunch with friends off campus and getting a super big gulp and being like of diet Coke and then being like, Oh my God, I'm just so full. The big gulp is so filling. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even need food. Like who needs food when you can have a 42 ounce diet Coke for lunch <laughs> and maybe a few times a cigarette with it. <laughs> Yeah, this is so satisfying. Right. Just so filling, felt great, had so much energy, and was definitely a joy to be around at home on those days. <laughs> so so I know that we have this idea that if we can find the right protocol or even step away from the protocols and have the mental strength and the willpower, that that's just the trick. Mm-hmm. And so many women rely on this as their number one diet method. So any protocol or approach they try to work through, it's just like, I'm going to white knuckle it through and I'm going to be stronger this time. So mm-hmm. we know willpower is super, super finite if we look at the research and like that's not the secret to weight loss. So what right. is the secret to transformation then if it isn't the willpower and the white knuckling it through and being quote unquote, like just so strong? Oh my God. I love that you posed this question this way because yes, that's what we're brainwashed to do through the patriarchy. If you just had more willpower, you right. could do it. You're just not trying hard enough. And the truth of the matter is women have tons of willpower. Yes. Are you kidding me right now? Tons of it. And girls as well. And I am an advocate of, listen, this is not a discussion about willpower. You don't need more willpower. You need more pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's the complete opposite of what we're taught in terms of what we need. Because the body is wired for pleasure. And we tend to deny our body what it's wired for on a consistent basis. So this isn't just some life coaching nice idea. It's science that there's something called the pleasure principle and it basically backs up what I'm saying that your brain is communicating to the rest of your body all day long whether or not it's receiving pleasure in a variety of ways. And we tend to, in our culture, decide that our needs and anything pleasurable comes after work, hard work. And if you're a mom, especially, that's probably not happening at all because moms, unfortunately, tend to put their needs on the back burner. And so the bear process really turns that on its head and makes pleasure the forefront ingredient of feeling great in your skin. And anything that's directed towards food or exercise or any of it is all coming from a place of love and a place of pleasure. Because if you allow your body to experience pleasure in a variety of categories, right? Everybody thinks I'm talking about sex. Physical (laughs) intimacy is just one form of pleasure. Mm -hmm. If you diversify your pleasure and allow your body to experience pleasure on a consistent basis, everything women think they want out of a diet happens through pleasure. Right fascinating. That's totally makes sense. So it's like, it could be in the book, I talk about different categories for pleasure, like comfort. What Mm -hmm. we tend to do when we crave comfort is go eat because it's readily available to us. Yes, you're allowed to eat. Yes, you're allowed to have comfort foods. But there are so many other ways to get comfort which is why I don't ever apologize for a good Netflix binge. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. like, I'll go wrap myself in cashmere and watch me some Younger, which, mm. by the way, are you watching that show? No, I haven't even heard of it. Oh, my God. You are going to send me a thank you note. Oh, um, I'm write this down. So you can watch it on Amazon, but I think, I can't remember exactly the network it's really on. It might be Bravo. But oh, I listen. love some Bravo. <laughs> oh, girl. So there are like five or six seasons. You're going to be so what? happy. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So the premise of this show 
is that this mom sends her daughter off to college and then finds out that her husband of however many decades is a total cheating dirtbag and loses the house and all this stuff. So she's got to go back to work. And she used to work in publishing back in the day. Well, when she goes to try to get a job in publishing, all this ageism stuff is happening and she can't get hired. And so she decides to change her age on her resume. And she does present very young. And so when people think she's a millennial, she starts getting job offers. And the whole show is about this 40-something posing as a 20-something working for a major publisher and all the stuff that happens in terms of young boyfriends. I mean, you are going to love it. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sounds so good. I have to totally check it out. Total comfort, total pleasure. Maybe not the next category, which is intellectual stimulation. (laughs) So so that would be like, what do you need? When I was eating a wheel of brie, I needed intellectual stimulation other than pre-K worksheets. Yes. And so I was coping by eating and drinking when if I had just learned sooner, which you learn when you learn, but oh, I need adult conversation. I need to watch some TED Talks. I need some good books. I need like to be listening taking- to a podcast while you're making dinner instead of listening, exactly. instead of listening, listening to listening- your kids' music. <laughs> right. Kids Bop is out. Sarah's podcast is in. Hello. <laughs> but then there's straight up entertainment and fun, which I was also getting all of my entertainment and fun out of food. But what are you doing for your own entertainment, straight up fun and luxury and beauty and all those different categories Yes, physical touch is part of it and sweat is part of it. But the body needs all these things and we tend to completely deny our body of what it's programmed and designed and wired to receive. And then it results in all kinds of illness and disease and exhaustion and depression. And so when the brain's able to say like, hey, this is popping up in here. She's delivering the pleasure. Then... Hormones can regulate, metabolism boosts, like all the things women think they're going to get out of a crappy diet happens through pleasure. Right, right. So you say bear is not a weight loss plan, but a life gain plan. And I think that some of what you've already said really alludes to that. So can you tell us a little bit more about the life gain plan? Yeah. So when we were talking earlier about wage gap, not thigh gap, it's really about when you consider any given day, how much energy, time, mental capacity, all that that you have. And if you exhaust yourself by trying to shrink your butt, you don't have as much to expand your life. But when we can turn it around and devote that time and energy and focus on what is it that I really want? You know, am I satisfied in this job? How about in this relationship? What would be fun? Let me plan a vacation. When you start doing the things that are going to light you up, then all of a sudden food and alcohol lose their shine a little bit. Not that you shouldn't enjoy those things. Of course you should. But overindulging in those things in an unhealthy way start to reduce. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm making more money. I'm having more intimacy. I'm experiencing so much fun. And I have moments that I can measure instead of points. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I know that you are working with my dear friend, Jessica Butts, and she was telling me about, she's like, Susan says I need to have more fun with my business. And I was like, (laughs) we were both like, how have we not thought of that before? (laughs) I was like, wait, she told you that? She's like, she's like, I got everything I needed out of coaching. <laughs> like she told me that. And I was like, wait, hold on. We need to like unpack this. <laughs> like, why is this novel? And I'm totally thinking of that right now because I think women are in this situation in these vicious cycles of we're always punishing ourselves and making everything really punitive. And as mm-hmm. it relates to nutrition, as it relates to fitness, as it relates to achieve any sort of achievement. And so when you introduce fun that way, it, totally changes the dynamic and the energy around anything you're going after. Oh my gosh, totally. And I think, right, like I'm laughing, like even the exchange between the two of you, right? Imagine if all of us were devoted to fun and pleasure in our lives and and in our business, how things would skyrocket and change. And I had somebody say to me similarly, there was a coach who was coaching another coach 
And she said to her like, oh, I just hired Susan Hyatt. And she said, oh, my God, like you're going to make money. I don't know how she does it. I don't know what is happening in those sessions, but you just end up having fun and making more money. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, listen, there is a strategy to it, but it does start with, I say it, pleasure saves lives. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So I want to talk a little bit about how we can practice radical self-love and compassion and also how this can actually yield weight loss results. Mm. So radical self-love and compassion is really about as you embark on this journey, no matter what, you know, so no matter if you find your head in the bottom of a Cheetos bag and no matter if you skip a workout and no matter if you meal prep on a Sunday, but then you're ordering burgers on Tuesday night, like that you are kind with yourself and that you're one of the questions I love to encourage people to ask, whether it's the way they're talking to themselves, the kind of workouts they're choosing, the food they're choosing to eat is what feels like love. And mm -hmm we can get so caught up in pro and con lists and we can get so caught up in like, Oh, but my trainer said, and Oh, like caught up in like, Oh, but I just saw on the internet, I should only be eating during this window of time. And when you find your mind becoming muddled and confused, or even if you notice you're being really hard on yourself, the question, what feels most like love can really cut through all that clutter and help you make decisions, whether it's just like, you know what, I don't have time to berate myself right now. I'm not going to do it. Or like, you know what, burgers are a good idea tonight. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat that other thing I meal prepped. But just being kind and gentle with yourself is really the overarching theme here. And the way that it ultimately leads to whatever goals you have with your body is that if you are asking that question consistently, what feels like love you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. There's no diet plan around, I promise, that's rooted in love. And you'll recognize that practicing radical self-love and compassion will lead you to choices that fuel you and make you feel good. And French fries will make you feel good on occasion, but not for every single meal. Right, right. I think that that's one of the biggest people are like, oh, what are you saying? I'm just supposed to have cheesecake 24 seven. I'm like, no, that's no, because that won't make you feel good. That, that will right. make you and feel that, like crap. That doesn't feel like love right. all the time. Right. So I think it's a good litmus test. It is. Yeah, definitely. I actually maybe should have even asked this previously, but I'm curious if we decide that we have a weight loss goal or we mm -hmm. want to lose weight, are we giving into the patriarchy? No. So, so yeah, so let's talk this through because there are people who believe that very firmly. I know. I've seen people speak about it, write about it, and they make some valid points, but I don't know that I buy in. So go ahead and say your piece. So yeah, I do break rank in the body positivity world where the idea is that any discussion of weight loss is wrong. I believe that a woman can make a choice about her body from a place of love and peace and freedom. And so just like I love my marriage, I love my husband, I can still have a goal to improve my marriage, right? And just like I love my country, I have lots of ideas about how our country can be better, right? And I can look at this amazing body that I have and decide, you know what? I really feel better, not because of the male gaze, but because of what my body can do, whether it's run faster or lift something heavy or whatever, I can have a goal for my body that's not rooted in the patriarchy. Right. And I think that it really comes down to trusting that a woman is smart enough to know the difference. You can't tell me that 100% of the time any discussion of weight loss is rooted in the patriarchy when I was the woman who was damaging her health by eating a wheel of brie and fast food three times a day and drinking a bunch of wine, that's not good for the body, right? right. So me having a goal to stop doing that doesn't mean I'm doing it for the male gaze. It means I'm pretty intelligent and I know that what the choices I was making were not rooted in love. 
Mm, Right. That makes sense. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. And that feeds right into my next question about numbing. So like you said, all the cheese and wine is not rooted in love, although it does feel so lovely sometimes. But <laughs> so, but that's really common. And I actually just did an interview with Andrea Owen about alcohol and numbing and how overwhelmingly used alcohol is as a coping mechanism and how mm-hmm. disturbing it is and how related that is to the patriarchy. That's all part of the patriarchy as well. So if we're not using food and alcohol to numb and unwind, what are other coping skills that we can introduce and learn to love after a hard day or in those moments of stress and chaos when we have that like strong need to unwind, especially as moms? Yeah, totally. So I think the first step is recognizing like I had to like, what is my afternoon ritual here? That's no good, which was immediately heading to so if any of you listening notice, like a lot of women I talk to are like, Oh, my God, me too, starting at like 4pm. And right, that makes sense for moms, we pick these kids up from school. And then Oh, my God, it's usually super busy. We're tired by the end of the day. And so taking a look at what are my patterns in the afternoon and early evening that I want to change and then let me create new rituals that are rooted in love. So it could be that now we come home and we're all going to go walk the dog or something to disrupt that pattern. So getting outside can sometimes be even when I know I can hear people like, oh, I don't have the energy for that. Part of the way you're going to get energy is by getting yourself, if possible, depending on where you live in the season and the weather, get yourself outside, get in nature. Or I had a client do this thing where her actually multiple clients, if they were drinking, they would disrupt that pattern with 
making a drink like hot tea Mm -hmm. or making some kind of like really fancy sparkling water type thing. So it was still this thing they were doing in the kitchen, but it was with something that was, you know, acceptable and not something that was going to numb them out. The other thing is I really like for my clients, we've talked a lot about pleasure, but to look at the different categories of pleasure and say, okay, what am I actually craving? Because it's different for everybody. And if it's physical touch, I'm going to go hug somebody. If it's comfort, I'm going to figure out like, do I have time later to reward myself with like sitting and reading a book? Mm -hmm. You know, what need am I filling with the numbing behavior? Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. So many women have a lifelong obsession with their weight and, mm-hmm. you know, cause we get trained on that real young. How can we shift that energy into something more powerful and productive and purposeful? Well, I think the first step, something we've been talking about is like awareness. So the first step of the bear process is really paying attention to what's coming at you through all your senses. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What kinds of peer conversations are you having? And, making some decisions based on what you notice to like get some of that stuff out of your space. But then with the newfound gaps of time or like removing some toxic stuff from your space, where do you want to be devoting that attention? And so then it gets really fun where it's like, okay, I'm not going to fill this newfound time or space or friendships up with more nonsense. I'm going to start going after what it is that I really want. And so it can take a little bit of time for a woman who hasn't been devoted to her own pleasure and who has been on default mode for a long time to start to really think about, you know, I had a client ask this question I thought was so brilliant this morning. She said, what else am I designed to do? And it's like, wow, that's a great question. And starting to ask yourself, you know, what have I put on hold or been denying for myself for too long? And I want to point this right at you because you are a great example of this. So when you stopped focusing energy on your dieting Mm -hmm. and when you look at that life that you had then and you look at the Mm -hmm. life that you have now, how did you specifically reassign that energy and what was the impact? What was the change and the shift in your life? Like what's like the before and after that's not about the shape of your body, but that's Mm -hmm. about everything else in your life? Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard your story enough to know that it's a holy cow thing. I felt like, honestly, I felt like I had become a time creator because so much of my mind was so much clearer. And with that clarity, my creativity just really shot through the roof. And so from like feeling clear and indulging myself in the pleasure of being creative, All of a sudden, I was able to have the space in my mind to write books, create programs, travel the world. My life looks completely different than it did when I was dieting. So in terms of money, you know, my income is 10 times what it was in terms of fulfillment. I mean, I don't even know how to measure that. You know, I went from somebody who cried on Sundays because I didn't want to go back to work on Mondays to somebody who can't wait to get to it on a Monday morning. So it's, you know, what I'm doing for a living is different. The way I carry myself is different. The quality of the work I produce is so different. And then also the impact it's had on these kids. They're now turning 19 and 21. And just being able to witness that they've been able to grow up with a mom who just lets them be who they are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get back to the kids in just a minute. I want to go back to talking about framing everything around cultural norms and diet culture and doing that at the expense of listening to your intuition and creating joy for yourself. And that those two things, you end up creating completely different lives based on which way you decide yeah. to go. So you, yeah. Yeah. when you were stuck in diet culture, your life looked totally different. You had a different job. It was, you know, you were making one tenth of the money. You had no energy. Your body looked different. Like your joy was maybe minimally existent, if mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one of the hardest things for women to do, and I speak for myself, is to learn to listen to our own intuition versus listening to cultural messaging. And right being able to dial into that intuition really does shift everything, but you have to be intentional about that. And you have to be intentional about like, wait, what does joy feel like to me? How can I create joy for myself? And that's 
like a massive responsibility, but it also shifts everything once you start doing that. And it sounds like that was your experience that when you were able to step away from diet culture, you were able to actually identify what joy felt like and looked like to you. Totally. Because so much of my time was spent working this ridiculous system of not enoughness. So like, let's be clear, a diet is something that you're doing that is unsustainable, that you could do wrong. And to go from somebody who was constantly on high alert about what I was eating versus how I was moving my body and did it balance out and, you know, does my butt look fat to somebody who cares much more about, you know, what's the impact I'm having today on people's lives. It's an incredible difference. And I think that like paying attention to, okay, why am I doing this? Who says that? my body should not have cellulite, which by the Mm -hmm. way, cellulite was not even a problem until 30 years ago. And I'm using air quotes around problem. It was never up for discussion. Mm -hmm. There were no creams sold for it until about 30 ish years ago. And so when you look at all the ways this moving shell game tries to keep us in its grasp to take our money and to take our time and keep us compliant, it's like, Oh my gosh. And so For me, I'm always like, okay, questioning, well, where did I get the idea that my body should do that? And am I willing to sacrifice my joy and happiness for whatever, that butt, those abs, fill in the blank. Now I want to go into the kid part. So you have two kids. How old are your kids? They're 18 and 20, about to have a birthday, 19 and 21. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. And your older son is older, right? Ryan's right. 20, Ryan. 21. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So oh talk a little bit about like the ripple effect, the impact to their lives, seeing you, you know, evolve in these ways and how that's impacted the way that they view the world and spread their beliefs, messages, et cetera, around. Well, first of all, let's be clear. They would still probably roll their eyes about having me as a mother. <laughs> it's not like they're like, oh my God, my mom is the best and hung the moon. Do Although you, they Do will. you know my mom is Susan Hyatt? Oh my God. They're like, when they're out and about and somebody's like, knows who they are because of my social media, they are mortified. <laughs> but I will say that what I notice is there's no limitation on things that I always thought was impossible. I'm not saying they don't have any limitations because the human brain is the human brain, but they don't have any limitations about, well, of course we would go to Australia and do that. Or of course I would take that internship with gorillas or, you know, there's no sort of ceiling when they're thinking about what they want for themselves and their lives and their college experience and, you know, going for their goals and that sort of thing. I also noticed that my daughter, one really interesting example is she has so much confidence, body confidence and otherwise. And when she was a freshman in high school, she changed her name. And right. I remember you mentioning this on social media and I, and she stuck with it too. She stuck with it. Like I kind of thought it was a phase. You know, she went in the first day of freshman year and they gave out these forms to the kids and they were like, if you have a nickname or you want us to call you something else, just tell us. And she filled out her name is Emily Hyatt. She filled out Cora Hyatt and she was Cora Hyatt from that day forward. And it cracks me up because I think if I was still in real estate as a workaholic wearing taupe suits from Talbot's and (laughs) (laughs) like trying to be very under the radar, would she have had the confidence to change her name? I don't think she would have. Yeah. So it's like, it's things like that, that I notice they each of course are human and have space to grow in their lives. But I see like, wow, they're living big and they own who they are. And I don't know that that may have happened had I stayed the mom who was like, don't embarrass me. Yeah. Yeah. How are you a shameless mom today when you're parenting almost 19 and almost 21 year old? <laughs> well, it's a whole different ball game. And so now that they're older, it's conversations, open conversations about sex, birth control, tattoos, you name it. And so 
Cora came home from the OBGYN, which she goes to on her own because she's now technically an adult. And she came home and on the kitchen table, she put all the birth control pamphlets on the table. (laughs) Scott and I are sitting at the table and she starts telling us the pros and cons of each birth control option. And Scott is looking at me and he's like, am I supposed to be here for this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, apparently you're invited. And it was just like I was sitting there in awe because my conversation with my mother about birth control was don't get pregnant. Right. Right. And I'm like, wow, we're sitting here listening to a tutorial from Cora Hyatt on the pros and cons and which one she's going to go with. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I think that means you've done your job as a shameless mom. (laughs) I think I have. I got the (laughs) T-shirt. I love it. Oh, my gosh. This has been awesome. So I want you to tell people where they can find you, where they can find the book, where they can connect with you and also connect with you all like look and see all your events. Everything you do is amazing and lavish and just like a dream. And I know many people have attended your events over the years and everyone comes back with glowing reports. So tell us where we can find you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the book's website <laughs> is let's get bare, B-A-R-E dot com. You can find me on social media at Susan Hyatt. And then my regular website is shyatt.com. Got it. Okay. Yay. This has been so awesome. I so appreciate you being here. And I know there's been some light bulb moments for shameless moms who have been struggling with their own relationship with their body or with food and mindset around all of that. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Uh, thank you so much. It's always a delight. So fun. I know when you write the next book, you have to come back again. I'm coming, girl. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.